Are you ready to tap into becoming your best self? That's what we do here on the Me I Want to Be podcast. So let's jump right in. Would you like to better understand who you are, why you're here, and how to experience all life has to offer while truly enjoying the journey? This podcast will explore my journey and hopefully inspire you to come along for the ride, no matter how different or alike you are or where you are starting at when you find this. My goal is to motivate and inspire you to unlock your full potential and give you some practical steps so you can become the best version of you. My journey and the one I'm going to take you on is nothing more than a desire to experience love. Yet I found myself starting from a place of hate and I didn't even know it. My history is filled with reoccurring themes and maybe you find these true in yours. There have been a lot of tragic events, negative outcomes, and wrong or bad decisions in my life. Since an early age, I had to become an expert at running, hiding, and fighting. And if one of these didn't work, I'd try another until I moved past it. I've never liked to look back because my life is littered with pain. And I don't want to feel it, nor the shame I have about it. Then I had two back-to-back major life-altering events happen. And this time I was a mom responsible for two girls. So my normal MO of run, hide, or fight wasn't going to cut it. And I realized I was the only common denominator. And then I discovered there was nowhere else to look but in the mirror. So let's get acquainted. I want to share a few pivotal moments in my life and hope they connect with you and where you are or have been at some point in your own journey. And let's see if I'm someone that can inspire, challenge, or empower you. There's this movie I really like called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a romantic comedy drama about a woman who was fired from her job. And as she rushes onto the subway, the doors close. And the movie takes two different directions on her life story. Those sliding door moments are important because we make a choice or one is chosen for us. I want to share two major sliding door moments from my childhood that will tee up my life circumstances quickly for you. I was born into an Italian family, something I'm really proud of. I love the community of family, the food, the loudness. (laughs) My people are loud. We talk with our hands and even the expectations that came with being in this clan, I loved. I now know that we were expected to eat, we were expected to show up and participate. It was about belonging. And when I was three years old, my very strong, hardworking Italian father, who of course at that time was larger than life to me, was dealt a life-altering blow that impacted us all. But it was my mom and dad's sliding door moment. He suffered from a brain aneurysm in his late 20s, and against all odds, he survived. He was partially paralyzed, could not speak, and he became a man no longer able to get out of his own bed. He became depressed and suicidal. My mom could not save him nor repair what was broken, so at some point, 
She believed she needed to save herself and her two children, so she pulled us through that first sliding door and left my father. Years later, at 16, my mom was divorcing and running from her third husband, a man in many ways who stabilized my life. He made me feel safe and who I really loved as a second father. Within a year of this happening, my big brother left for West Point, which was really far away. My stepfather had disowned me, and my mom was asking if she could move to the Grand Tetons. We lived in Washington State. She was running towards another sliding door moment. But looking back for me, it was like a circular rotating set of doors that you could see at a hotel where you step into one of those little glass cylinders and other people get into their own little cylinder and they push it forward and the people in front and behind you move. I was caught in everyone else's momentum of these doors moving around me until I was standing there alone at 17, a senior in high school, and I wasn't supposed to tell my dad, my grandparents, or anyone else these two moments forever changed my life and so completely skewed my view of the world. These two major moments, along with so many things that happened in between, are like layers that were added to my being. Fear, anger, sadness, hurt, guilt, and shame all swirled around me from a young age. They shaped much of who I became and how I acted and even why I behaved the way I did for so many years. So let's jump ahead and I'm going to set up the stage one more time. In 2018, I got divorced. It was my first divorce, but my fourth divorce when you add up all my moms. I was very unsure about getting married and having kids after what I had experienced with my mom. But at some point, the biological clock and my desire to share my life overrode my fear. When I did get married, I promised myself I would never do to my children what my parents did to me. And yet now I was doing the exact same thing. Deciding on a divorce was like a slow dripping faucet that just couldn't be fixed. It happened over a long period of time until I realized I was completely losing my identity in this relationship. And I was faced with a sliding door moment, and I looked at that door for a long time. It felt like I was going to save myself so I could support my two girls or choose my kids knowing that I would lose myself completely and I would never be the role model that I wanted to be for those girls. I thought about those two scenarios back and forth, back and forth, pick one, pick one, me or them, me or them. There wasn't an answer for us all. Ultimately, I walked through that door thinking it was best for all of us. And then in April of 2020, I got laid off from a senior management position due to COVID from a company I had committed 17 years to. I did not see this door coming, and I got kicked right through it, and it hurt. Once again, pivotal moments, sliding door moments that change your life forever. I very specifically remember June 1st of 2020. I had made a goal to start working on a plan for starting a business. But since I got laid off in April, I was literally transforming my front yard one shovel load at a time, getting out all of my anger and my hurt. And that uncertainty, so many emotions, 
And that day I sprained my ankle, and as I crawled into the house and up the stairs to cut my shoe off, I was forced to stop. It forced me to face my situation, and I made a very conscious decision that I needed to get it together. I was unemployed, single, a parent. I had two daughters suffering from a plethora of their own weighty issues in the midst of COVID and my divorce. I felt completely broken. I had no map, no compass, but God knows I have always been a driven person. I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. And I've also been so blessed with family and friends who never, ever lose faith in me. They know what I'm capable of because they've watched me live a life overcoming the impossible repeatedly. In July, I started a class that led me to coaching and there's an assignment I had to do. We were told that all of us have GALES. It's an acronym that I want to share with you, but I want to do it in reverse order. So if you're note takers, grab a pen and paper. This comes from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. That's the school I attended not to become a coach, but to transform my life. And this is where it all started for me. So let's talk about the gales. L is for limiting beliefs. That's a generalization, a stereotype or idea that you learned or accepted about yourself, about the world or about other people that limits you in some way. I have many of these. I is for interpretations, which is a story, opinion or judgment that you create about an event, situation, person, or experience, and you actually believe it's true. A is for assumptions, which is an ex expectation that something that happened in the past will happen again. Lots of those in my head. And then G is for gremlin, the inner voice in your head that tells you in one way or another that you are not good enough. And this gremlin makes it really personal. The assignment was to uncover our gremlin message and then present it to the class at our next virtual meeting. It sounded horrific. I had no desire to do it. The first thing on the assignment was to listen and journal the voices in your head. Got it. <laughs> but I really didn't hear any voices in my head because, you know, I've got all this other thinking going on all the time. I've got stuff to process. My mind is really active. It felt busy, 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 always going nonstop. That's me. And then one evening, about 10 o'clock at night, I walked over to the cupboard, <laughs> the snack cupboard, where I keep my children's snacks, and I got a box of their crackers. I didn't buy them for me. And I hear this little voice say, it doesn't matter, right as I grabbed the box and closed the cupboard. And I thought, it's happening. I need to write this down. Not really thinking about what I just said to myself next morning I was getting ready to start my day and as I was getting dressed I noticed myself thinking how tired and old I was feeling and as I saw myself in the mirror my little voice said you're not that pretty ouch <laughs> who says that truthfully many of us I ran off and I wrote that one down too later that week I had a very difficult conversation with my daughter that didn't go well as usual and as I walked out of her room, the stairs are right there. And as it happens so often, I sat down on the stairs. I put my head in my hands and started crying. And I said to myself, 
you're not a good mom. And I realized I know this message well. I've been saying these words for a very long time. I'm not a good mom. I don't know how to be a good mom. I don't have a good role model of a mom. How do I be a good mom? This process of listening to my self-talk continues until I finally went to my gremlin list. And I read, it doesn't matter, which really means I don't matter. I'm not pretty. I'm not a good mom. And on and on. And I thought, you know, I'm not even capable of handling all this. At this point, I hated this project, but it was underway, and I didn't like it, nor did I want to do it, but class was coming, and I wanted more than anything to be a great mom. If I couldn't do this for me, I was going to do it for my girls. I now had two weeks to finish this project, so I teed up the next question, and it asks, why do you think you are blank and then you put in your self-talk message so why do you think you're not pretty and I just start typing no problem I can answer that why do you think you're not capable no problem why do you think you don't matter once again no problem then why do you think you're not a good mom (laughs) this one's harder but you know what, I can do this, no problem. I just let it rip. Over the course of a few days, I went on and on and on. Then I read back my most intimate thoughts. I felt this growing intensity in my body as I read. It was a physical reaction, I can't even explain it. When I read my own words back, It was as if someone was shouting at me. It was my gremlin message. (laughs) It was, I hate you. Thank the Lord my class was virtual. I've been with the same group of people for a few months, so I know some better than others, but never have I met anyone in person. So when the gremlin project comes up during this class, we get lumped into a Zoom room with about 15 to 20 people. And the leader of the group was a woman named Leslie. (laughs) She's Italian. And for those of you who don't know me, she's like 10 times feistier than me. And thankfully, I really like her. But the moment I entered that Zoom room, time stops for me. You couldn't tell when it was going to be your turn. They didn't assign a number. It was just like random. And I was trying to figure out if she was going alphabetically because I needed to know. I needed to figure it out but you couldn't tell who was next. As each person is sharing their story, I'm internally feeling my anxiety and my fear increase, and it begins to consume every inch of my body. There's so many people. Leslie is getting right to it because she's got to move through us all. And then it happens. It feels like she yells my name. Okay, Karen, what's your gremlin message? And I've got to believe this is exactly what it may feel like to be in an AA meeting. I've seen it on TV. Maybe some of you have been there. I'm sure it's not exactly. But I know I had to say out loud in front of everyone that I hate myself. Leslie very compassionately led me down the process of sharing my gremlin message. I choked 
literally choked out the words, I hate you, with tears blinding me. I probably had snot all over my face. I was a complete mess. I don't remember much about this experience. I have no sense of it. Only going through the motions. She told me to stand up, to imagine a line in front of me. She was going to walk me over to the other side of this message. So she's telling me all this and literally she's like, okay, Karen, stand up. And I don't really want to stand up. But she's like, Karen, just stand up. (laughs) And I finally stand up. I adjust my computer screen so everyone can see my sloppy face. She then says, imagine this line in front of you. And I'm like, yeah, I see it, Leslie. Got the friggin' line in front of me. I'm not going to walk across the line. Not doing it. And Leslie is not a woman who's going to take no for an answer. But I may have been a complete mess, but I also am not a person to back down from a fight. She was pushing me to go somewhere I did not plan to go. I'm scrappy. (laughs) I'm a fighter. And I will take down anyone who tries to make me go somewhere I don't want to go. She was determined to get me across that line. And I actually think she damn well would have carried me over that line if that's what it took. She would not let it go. She would not let me get off that screen. I just needed this to end. So I finally just said, fine, fine. I'll walk across the line. I'm just going to walk across the damn line. And of course, nothing happened. But I walked across the line. I got off the screen. I was able to pick up the pedal of myself and finish the class. So many things have happened to me since that time. I did finally find the courage to walk through the door. And it took a while, I'm going to be really honest with you. It wasn't like the next day. I had to hire a really good coach to examine that loathing. I had to be willing to let go of my comfort of self-loathing because it's something I knew well. And to walk through the door felt like I had to jump off a cliff in the dark. I didn't trust that it was better on the other side. The grass is not always greener. I don't even know how to dish this up to you. (laughs) Once I went through that door, I went from I hate you and today with every fiber of my being, with the most certainty I've had of anything in my life, I will tell you, I love Karen Patricelli unconditionally. (laughs) And the sentence ends. And there's nothing after that, nada. There's nothing else in my head happening. I have spent years in therapy, dabbling in self-help, and this experience cracked me open. It was the beginning of truly peeling away all the layers of crap that other people and life had dumped on me. And it was the beginning of a journey that I embarked on to be a great mom. I did it for my kids because I couldn't do it for myself. I didn't think I was worth it. And now it's about being so much more. I want to stop and point out a couple of things for you to think about. First, I didn't even know I had self-talk until the coach at IPEC told me about the Gales and asked me to think about my gremlin message. I just thought all that chatter in my head was normal and not self-directed. Going through the program exposed something really ugly in me that I'm not proud of, nor is it easy to share. The realization that I hated myself only happened because I stopped and sorted out the self-directed talk versus all the other chatter happening. And then I had to step out of myself and pretend I was saying those words to someone else. 
And in doing that, I experienced hatred in the tone, the words, and the messaging. All of it directed at me. It was all packaged up inside of me, and yet I would never put up with anyone talking to me that way, nor would I talk to someone else that way. I may think bad things about people. I probably even said hard things to people, but I would never say these words out loud to their face like I was doing to myself. Then to acknowledge all this and be faced with the fear of letting it go. That sounds so counterintuitive until you try to do it yourself. It was more comfortable standing and staring at a door, my sliding door that said, I hate you, than it was to walk through the door into the unknown. I was stuck at my door. I was not willing to go left or right or straight or anything. I was stuck at that moment, and I believe I have probably been stuck there for decades. We all have resistance to things we don't know, don't understand, or are afraid of. (laughs) This makes me think of my grandmother during her final days of her life. She was dying too early in life from cancer. She was an incredibly strong woman, a force to be reckoned with. It felt like a really long fight, only because I saw her physical pain and the toll it took emotionally and mentally on her. And yet she resisted death and would not give into it. It was her unknown. She wasn't ready to leave this world, her family, all that she knew and loved, even though it would release her from a massive amount of pain. She held on for many weeks longer than we imagined. And honestly, I'm so grateful for that time. And when she let go, I watched her take that final breath. I felt and saw peace in her body, on her face, and we all got to let go. It took a toll on us all, but especially my grandfather and her children. Although the extra time was precious, we were all weary and worn out from the fight. Her resistance impacted us in both positive and negative ways. Just like when we resist things, it impacts those around us. By holding on to my hatred, who I was being was impacting my kids, my family, my colleagues. If I was triggered, the people around me felt the full force of my anger and hate. And just like that abandoned 17-year-old girl standing alone, I found myself alone once again as an adult, as a parent, a person without a job or a husband, yet with many responsibilities. I was someone impacting the lives of their children. I'm doing this podcast for a few reasons. You know when you experience something really great, you just want to share it? It could be a restaurant, a song, a new pair of shoes, a recipe. We all have this happen. I could be the poster child for Hoka tennis shoes or my favorite food blogger. For me, I want everyone to experience what it means and feels like to love themselves. 
because it has so completely changed my life from the relationships I have with my children to my spirituality to my ability to make friends. My lack of judgment has been so dramatically different. And the most profound change is the love I feel for my parents, especially my mom. I no longer blame her or him for my life's circumstances. I am the person I am today because of this journey and I embrace all of me. I'm also doing this because the world we live in is full of hate, rage, and tragedy. And I got to believe that if more people loved who they are, the judgments, the biases, they could be mitigated because we project what's inside of us. And if you have hate, anger, and rage, you're projecting that out into the world. And if you have love inside of your heart, it's a whole different ballgame. We would leave this world a better place for our kids and all those that come after us. That's why I'm willing to expose the good, bad, and ugly of my life. I want to have a life fully and purposefully lived. And I want that for you. So I hope you'll join me each week as I continue to share this journey, as I bring other guests on board. And let's see where we can go. And let's get you to a place of self-love. Imagine you are moving through life fully engaged with a sense of confidence. You feel abundantly blessed with deep relationships, people who appreciate and love you. You feel taken care of and your heart feels full. What would your life be like if that was you? This life is possible when you're ready. Check out what it takes to get there at the link in the show notes and see if the Me I Want to Be program can help you get there.